0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place
1: to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right? In today's episode, we answered listeners' questions, but this was after a 45-minute introductory conversation where we talked about fitness, current events, studies, and much more. By the way, you can check the show notes for timestamps if you want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, if you want to ask a question to be answered on an episode like this one, uh, go to Mind Pump Media on Instagram, post your question on Sunday when we post a, a meme that says Qua. And if we like your question, you'll hear it featured on an episode like this one. Now this episode is brought to you by some by some sponsors. By the way, before I get to the sponsors, our live event is coming up December 3rd here in San Jose so you can meet us live. Max Lugovier will be here, answer questions, ask us questions, have a good time here. I believe we have some tickets available, so hopefully there's some available when this airs. If you're interested, go to mindpumplive.com. Now let's talk about the sponsors that brought to you brought you this episode. The first one is Seed. This is the world's best probiotic company. It's amazing. This is the only one I use. Go check this company out. Go to seed.com forward slash mind pump, then use the code mind pump and get 20% off. The other sponsor is Organifi. This is a company that provides organic plant-based supplements that are also glyphosate residue free, great products. They help with health, athletic performance, and much more. Go check them out. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump for 20% off. We also have a sale all month long. MAPS OCR is 50% off and MAPS Cardio is 50% off. Both workout programs, both somewhat endurance-based. Go check them out. If you're interested in the 50% off discount, go to MAPSFitnessProducts.com and then use the code NOVEMBER50 for the 50% off discount. All right, here comes the show. Here's an easy way to reduce your calories by 10 to 15%, okay? You don't have to count calories. You don't have to look at your food. Simply eat while not distracted. Studies show that when people eat while distracted on their phone or watching TV or doing something else other than focusing on their food, they actually eat 10 to 15% more calories. So I actually think that this um,
2: this is gonna get worse. I mean, we we're 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 always distracted. Yeah. Well, not only are we always distracted, but we're also living in this kind of time frame where I mean, at least in our in our lifetime. I I clearly remember what it was like not to have a cell phone everywhere I went. Yeah. And I even catch myself now where I mean I if I leave a room and, and I don't feel it in my pocket or it's not in my hand, like I stop and go back and go get it. Like it's just and it's not even something I consciously think about. It's not like I go like, oh, I absolutely need my phone because technically a lot of times I don't even need it what what I'm doing. No, but in fact
1: I, it's so natural, you don't even think about it until it's not there. That's
2: right. That's right. So I, I feel like the studies that are around this are still on the uh, the the front end of this the beginning of how ridiculous and how distracted we're becoming and how plugged in we are so the numbers of like oh we can make a 10 to 15% difference i think is just to be is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to how big of a how big of an impact i think this is going to make I, in the future
1: i agree with you because what the studies do is they take people and they have them eat and then they have other people and they have them eat but while distracted and then they measure the calories but uh, i agree with you adam because it's been such it's become such a big part of our lives that there's so many far-reaching co- consequences or, or effects that we haven't even begun to identify. But really the point of this is this is that you know there's two ways you could approach cutting your calories by 10%. because if you're eating, let's say your maintenance is you know 2200 calories, right? Cutting your calories by 220, it's a small cut, but you'll still see some weight loss over time, especially if you have a good workout routine, right? So there's two ways to do it. either count your calories, and try to cut 220 calories or simply eat while not distracted. And the reason why I like that is because it's it's easier for people to stick to, or at least it doesn't feel as restrictive. It feels restrictive when you're counting your calories and you're, you're saying to yourself, no, I can only eat 2,000 instead of mm-hmm. you know 2,200 or whatever. Doing it this way is like, well, I'm going to eat like I normally do, and I'm going to eat until I'm satisfied. I'm just not going to eat while distracted. And the studies show it'll lead to the calorie cut that you're looking for. It just doesn't feel nearly as is It's just it's an overtime
3: thing. It doesn't feel that significant That's right. that it's really impacting you like that, but every single time that you're eating and you're you know, observing something on your phone, you're watching TV, like your mind's elsewhere and you're just still consuming, uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to see like 100 calories, 200 extra, you know, just over time and and, and week after week, how that volume is going to really stack up and add weight. Yeah, yeah I think uh, this also just makes you a better
2: person too. you yeah, like the, the asshole, asshole <laughs> who's, who's sitting at the table exactly. on their phone while there's other people that are so conversing. Rude. I also, like one of the rudest moves.
1: And now I also think that besides the initial calorie cut that this would result in, you would also slowly over time notice more and more benefits because eating while distracted, one of the reasons, one of the theories as to why this leads to higher calorie consumption is that it, 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 keeps you away from or disconnected from, to an extent, the signals of satiety that you get when you eat. So your body will send you signals and say, okay, we've we've eaten enough, I think we're satisfied. But because you're distracted, you don't pick up on them as quickly and you keep eating, keep eating, keep eating until the signal gets strong enough to where it overcomes the fact that you're distracted and you say, okay, I'll stop eating now. And that results in 10% or 15% more calories. But there's other stuff associated with that, right? Not being connected to my body's signals means I'm more likely to eat foods that aren't good for me. I'm less likely to be able to develop good relationships with food so I can have balance with my diet. So in my experiences as as a trainer and coach, when I would tell people to be focused when they eat or present, I should say, when they eat. So don't have your phone, don't watch TV, just eat and pay attention to what you're eating. Not only did they end up eating less on accident, but they also started to develop a more attuned relationship to food, which led them to have more natural balance Because we are so disconnected from our food because of being distracted or because foods are designed to make us overeat, like heavily processed foods, Mm. or we eat when we're stressed out or whatever, that it's hard for us to make good decisions because we're not able to read our bodies very well. We're so disconnected from it. So this doesn't just lead, in my opinion, to a natural calorie reduction, but it also puts you on the path to being more connected to your body, which will lead to eventually a better relationship with food. Well, and I also notice like
3: digestive issues as a result too of like it just promotes that sort of speed because your hand yeah. is just like constantly feeding you you're not really yep. chewing enough either and so that whole process of like you know really breaking the food down and getting the saliva production you know going through that process getting to the stomach where everything has like a little bit more of a slower timing so your body's able to like adequately react the way it should i do that all the time where i have to like you know check myself on that because if i'm eating too quick i'm going to suffer you know and get the qu- consequences of the acid reflux are or, or things like coming up as a result of that. You know, speaking of fast food, have you guys seen the new feature
1: on the DoorDash app? Oh, yeah. You can make it come even faster with a little extra money. Yes. I know. Twice. I guess, twice. Guess,
2: twice it got me. Bro. Twice.
1: Every time I order Twice.
2: I just, how, so, okay. What
1: if, is it, another four bucks or something bro, like that? Bro,
2: okay, it's two ninety nine. Okay. So Wait. here's what's funny about this feature. Okay. So I, we, ever since COVID, uh, we use DoorDash a
1: lot. Wait. By too the much way, can effect. I say this real quick? What? Eighty uh five, uh, I'd say. Sorry, fifteen percent of the time they mess up my order. Are you getting it that much as well? Fifteen percent, ten to fifteen percent.
2: Oh yeah, I'd well, say one out, of two, one at this one out of ten. Yeah, that's so annoying. Yeah, they yeah. got to fix that anyway. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay, so we use the app quite a bit. So I was like, I was privy to it as soon as it hit, right? So because we're on there damn near every day from DoorDash, just about, and I see it pop up there, and I tell Katrina, "Look at this. This is crazy." I'm like. There's literally a ability to make it express, and it's like it shaves five to ten minutes off. It's not even a lot, so it gives you your time range for the normal order or express for two ninety nine more. And I laughed. I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Who would pay an extra three dollars? You did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said that out of my mouth like the yeah. day before, and then the next day I caught myself being like, because uh, you know why? I was already spending like a hundred something dollars on like a you know a delivered meal for out her. Out three like, bucks. Yeah. What's what's three more dollars to make sure it gets here. So, before, and I was tied to time before we had to put Max down for bed. And I'm like, oh, if I do this, it might cut in that. So I was just like, oh, it got me. And it got me again. So crazy, the psychology of that. That's so brilliant. I've,
1: I've done it quite mm. a bit. And I've actually looked at the time, the real time. Because the, the estimates will tell you like 10 to 15 minutes. So the range will be like 15 to 30 minutes. And then if you do the normal option, it's like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. But reality, it's like it's like more like 20 minutes. So if you actually count. Cal- the time that it takes to get to your door versus how much it usually will. Yeah. It's like a 20 minute saving, which how funny is that? It sounds, I mean 20 minutes sounds like a lot cause we're so used to shit. That's instant. It's really yeah. Nothing, right? mm-hmm. So what I think, okay. So I think the way they
2: solved it and what I actually think is really interesting is I think that they were actually addressing one of the, well, at least one of the biggest problems or one of the things that I was most frustrated with personally. And I can't, I don't think I'm alone on this is, uh, a lot of DoorDash people will run multiple orders at once. That's exactly it. So I think if you do an express, it's a direct shot. Yep. So they can't do a second order, which uh, that to me is almost worth the extra $3 because one of the things I, I hate worse than my order being messed up, Getting my cold. order being freezing cold. Yeah. Mm. By the time it gets there and I can I see the guy going around. Yep. It's like he's literally not that far from my house. How often and they do they eat your fries? So that used to happen, but yeah. you know they made a thing now where they they, tape they it. seal it. So that doesn't happen. Uh, okay. You guys See, not doordats very
3: much? I'm not a that. No, never. They don't come to your place. That's why, huh? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't touch those. Not t- <laughs> you know, like, I don't do that. Yeah. Out there. I yeah. <laughs> no, we're we're always looking for like ways to get out of the house. I think that's part of it, and also, you know, it's a good way to keep my weight under control. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now I know you're lying.
3: I'm always looking for
2: those, uh, you know, those little hacks, I, bro. I so I so i mean that was like i wanted to bring that up but last night this was not planned to even talk about this but um i was going through my finances. And I just, you know, I try and do this every, I don't know, say six months to a year, just almost like- Don't tell me how much it costs
1: to buy food. Can you make me or crap me out right now? Dude, so- It's okay. a lot, dude. So, I
2: mean, I, I I believe the same type of disciplines with uh, our health is our, like our financial health. Yep. I still, I believe the same thing too, like just tracking, becoming aware, right? Yep. It's like, yep. I understand how to manage my, I'm very good at saving, I'm very good at investing, yada, 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 but I so still- you can navigate. But I still will recalibrate every six months to a year and just- just track just to see what i'm doing and holy fuck the doordash thing is in the thousands of dollars a month on top of what our normal grocery Uh bill is and when i looked at like opportunity to like easily save like a few thousand bucks here and there like it's that for sure and i couldn't believe how high it was i mean it was i mean i hit like two thousand dollars in in less than two weeks
1: and you just you katrina and your son yeah i got Three kids, I almost got a fourth one on the way. It, I I know, I look man. at mine. So, and, and so, uh, you know, I tell I tell Jessica now, or, or not tell, I mean, we both work through this all the time, but we try to finish our butcher box box. We try to finish, like, food that we have before we mm-hmm. order food, and we save it for, like, like when convenience really needs to happen. So mm-hmm. she's like, honey, I got to go to this appointment. I got this going on. I'm not going to necessarily have time to cook or whatever, or we're really tired. But it could easily get away from you. Oh it, yeah, it's gotten fully away
2: from us for sure, and I, you know, and the just the way I justified it is like, listen, I mean, that's half of why I work hard, I make money, so I get that time back, right? So that's that's the justification yeah. in my head is like, oh well, I'd have to go to the grocery store, then have to prepare all this. Instead, I get to have someone deliver to me, so it's the convenience of it. So I play this game in my head of justifying why. I should, should do that. But then again, like anything else, it can get out of control and it absolutely has gotten out of control. And I was just telling her this the other night, I'm like, dude, we, we have to rein this in. It's just ridiculous. It's yeah.
1: too much. Dude, speaking too much. of, Oh, I got to ask you, Adam, hmm. I just read um, a study on probiotics and skin health in particular psoriasis and eczema. Really? Yes. Are you using, you're going to make me mad. I know it. Are you using seed regularly? Oh, I'm not,
2: I'm not. I'm oh, so, come on. I'm not even, bro, I'm not even good with, with uh, just being honest. Uh, I'm not even good with uh, Dr. Cabral's protocol. Oh. I was so good for 30 days and saw a big difference and then and you yet still. So
1: use the seed. So bad about you, you the know why? thing, dude. You know what it is just, about, I know what it is. At least you're honest, dude. It's because you don't have, people. it's because you don't have gut issues. Because gut issues are obvious. No, you're right. So here's, here's and this is
2: being also Because I use seed tra- every night, but it, I have gut issues. The thing is, uh, I mean. Married, have a kid. I'm like, uh, psoriasis is like, eh. yeah. So it itches. It bothers me a little bit, but it's not like debilitating, right? It's yeah. more, uh, it's more vanity. It's like, oh, it does. I hate the way it looks. Got it. But it doesn't. It doesn't like really affect me like your gut probably gets affected. And so, yeah, you're right. I'm less motivated to. to I'd be interested to, to stay on top of if it. If you
1: use it regularly, how it affects your skin? Because I just read a study that showed that um, it de- it definitely can help skin issues. It also probiotics and also positively influence mental health. They actually have now studies showing that it helps with depression, anxiety, Mm. For
3: some people. Because of that gut brain access?
1: Yes. Yeah. So pretty crazy. And Seed is by far, it's by far the best. Pro- I've never used a pro, and I've used a million different yeah. brands. It's by far. You know no, how many, people, that you know how many people I've heard that from? It's the best by far. Yeah. It doesn't even yeah. come close. Yeah, so well, I'm, let's get to
3: know because I was actually just approached one of my friends who uh, coached the JV football team this year. His girlfriend has like psoriasis uh, trying to work through and, and was asking about, because we do some commercials with Caldera and some things and some interventions we've talked about with like like the red light yeah. and things like that. You know, what has the most impact with that? So it's like-
1: It's interesting. Speaking of which, so I double checked on something that we learned about. So we did an interview with um, uh, from the CEO from Organifi and one of their product developers. And they mentioned something that sounded so crazy to me. I, now I, I definitely think they're honest people, but I de- went and looked it up just to make sure. Cool. I did not know this. So glyphosates, these are the chemicals- These are the herbicides that they spray on GMO plants, right? So Mm -hmm. GMO plants are- To kill weeds. They're genetically modified to not die if they get sprayed with glyphosates. So what they do is they grow corn and then they blast the whole field with uh, glyphosates that kill the weeds, but the corn survives. So this is the whole deal. And people always talk about, you know, well, the studies will show that glyphosates are probably not good for people. I did not know this. So they, they mentioned this. I looked it up. I had Doug write it down. I have it written down in front of me here. United States patent 7771736 if you look that up glyphosates were originally patented as an antibiotic mm-hmm. not an herbicide
2: that's wild as
1: an anti so we're literally blasting the earth the soil and then people are eating food with glyphosate residues which are antibiotics but to make matters worse I'm going to make this even crap everybody which by the way
2: we've now come full circle on
1: those on antibiotics and know how terrible and how destroying they can be it's not ideal at all well they absolutely have to well check this out glyphosate is oddly effective against lactobacillus bifidobacteria and enterococcal species which are known as being beneficial bacteria for humans. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's also I'll ra- sound like a joke too. No. <laughs> I can't believe you <laughs> let Something him get away with caucus. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I can't you. Desert, <laughs> it wasn't obvious. You <laughs> Now, here's the other part. Yeah. It's also an ineffective antibiotic against colos uh, colostridium and col- uh, both both excuse me, um, colost- col- and salmonella. In other words, glyphosate's kill good bacteria and don't kill bad bacteria quite as badly. And we're literally eating wow. glyphosates in the residues all the time. Yeah. That's fucked we're up. We're just
3: totally like uh, hurting ourselves system I bet inside.
1: You, I, I, I would. I think this is, I mean, this. I'm going to speculate, but all the food allergies and shit that is exploding, all the autoimmune issues, I bet this is playing there a role. There has to be a correlation gotta, here. So anyway, the reason why I'm bringing this up is uh, Organifi's one of the companies that, not only are they organic, but they also go to another third-party company that also tests their their supplements for glyphosate residues. Yeah. So, something can be organic but still have glyphosate residues either from rain or cross contamination. Uh Organifi is organic plus they test for glyphosate residues, so it's glyphosate residue free.
3: So. Now, so do you know like the pathway for insecticides a different uh chemical yes. completely, right? So what like are they testing uh, in terms of like that's st- prevalence in all kinds of other avenues as well? Is that showing up just as much as the herbicides?
1: Yeah, so um, there's there's, uh, there's there are studies that'll show that certain synthetic pesticides may have an effect. Uh, but, you know, remember DDT famously, um, which then they took off the market. Yeah. But the herbicides work through something called the shikimate pathway, which is found in bacteria. Mm-hmm. So it's found in plants, but also found in bacteria. And And yeah, it's not a big enough dose. You eat some like GMO food. You're not eating a big enough dose to have a huge effect, but every day you have this low level. But we level. know
3: that it's not a good idea to just constantly inundate your body with these antibiotics. Yeah. So if it, if it like has that same kind of an effect, like that's got to be detrimental. That's right.
1: Time. And supplements can be very high in glyphosates because they're concentrated. So they'll take and make proteins or whatever and concentrate, and you may end up with high glyphosate residue. So you know it's just one of the ways you could reduce your exposure to these types of things. Is-
2: Did you guys get the DM from
3: the cricket farmer? yeah <laughs> oh, I yeah. did. yes. what yeah. happened there? Yeah, because yeah. we were having a whole business uh, out of uh, crickets. well, I
2: mean, first powder. of all, she was uh she was uh, saying that we were spreading the conspiracy theories around oh, uh, that the crickets parasites. that
3: that there's the uh, the, the world economic forums kind of pushing us into- well that the
2: that first of all that the the glyphosates would get in the the crickets and the crickets have to be raised in this like organic fed organic safe like type of environment Mm. and then that that's like a a conspiracy theory that we're going to be forced to eat bugs which by the way the telling people that they're saying or talking about a conspiracy has become massive gaslighting, to the point where it's pretty fucking funny when we look back the last two years on how many things were <laughs> how many said. things were true? Were conspiracy yeah. theories that have now come true yeah, in the that last word two years is irrelevant. So now. now it's yeah, you you've completely lost the power of that that word to say that to somebody. Yep. It's just like dude, if any now if someone says conspiracy, theory, I'm listening it's now. It's more. You, consistent, got, you guys got me listening
3: now. <laughs> more consistent than things I've heard, you know, being passed as policy. Yeah, you know, it's
1: pretty yeah. hilarious. Well, no, the, the, the study I brought up talked about how insects are have high prevalence of parasites. That could be that was the dangerous for people. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't glyphosate.
2: I said that. Oh, okay. so I made the comment of like, yeah, now they how they controlling the bugs potentially get yeah. So I made the comment of that, and then so she's obviously addressing what I said, which I, whatever. Look, I mean, here's but, you, the, know ironic, it's five, you know what's ironic though. Did you a a know? you know that she was Formal inspired protein. to go do that from our show? Back in two thousand oh, and seventeen, we had we had Thrive Market as a sponsor, and remember, we all tried those cricket chips, and I was like, "Fuck this, oh, I can't do yeah. this." Remember that? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't
3: think they were bad. They
2: were. Uh, oh bad. man, they were just they messed with me just because it's a crunchy. It's crunchy, and it's supposed to be crickets. Yeah. That just didn't yeah. work
3: for me. I didn't care what they.
2: There's tasting. no like
1: little legs or anything. It was like <laughs> yeah. you know. I th- I think uh, insect foods will do okay as processed foods because you can't tell that they're insects. Yeah. I think insect foods as whole foods. So like we're always advocating for whole natural foods. Yeah. That would mean you literally go like to the a store. shish
3: kebab of like huge crickets yeah, or, or tarantulas, right? Listen, it's there's not going to
1: work. No, I, there's going to be a massive market for it
2: cuz I imagine it's going to be a, way cheaper to produce than it would be like way or something. So I I mean I love the idea of it hitting the market to to Fill a need for people that can't afford. Like we talk about, high protein is so important for people to build muscle and to be healthy. Yeah. And you know, one of the complaints that people say is that it's it's expensive. It's expensive to eat healthy and to buy steak and chicken and, and some of that. So, I mean, I love it as a, an option for that. I mean, if yeah. you can't afford to get steak or a chicken, well, so like that then you can have what's some the profile crickets. on
3: like like grubs. You know, like those those big fatty like because I always watch these um, survival shows yeah, and it was eating- they're always like uncovering some bark and there's these huge like Grubs and they're like, oh, these are so packed with protein. Look at the the calories of grubs. Let's look at the
1: macros. Yeah, looks. I mean, they're one of the highest. But yeah,
3: you'd think that. Okay, so if that's the case, why aren't we gathering those and then smashing them down? I'm sure they will. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I mean, maybe maybe crickets reproduce at a faster rate. Oh yeah. So that's probably why. So maybe that that has a higher protein, but but as far as how fast it reproduces in comparison to probably so grub is
1: 15 percent protein. Okay. And 19% fat. It's actually a, f- a higher fat than yeah, protein. it's almost like a nut fat. Yeah, yeah it's-, <laughs> it's a little fat.
2: I mean, I, mean, I wonder why. Does, do you guys have any idea why the crickets and not the grubs? I mean, that would be my speculation is that you can reproduce at a, at a higher volume. Probably I think
1: you're right. I think because crickets, trying to sell grubs is probably harder. That's what I would think. Oh, you think so? I do. Would you? What would you rather eat? A bunch of grubs? It's or equally cricket? disgusting. It looks me. juicy. Equally, you know, like yeah. you bite into it. No, I'd rather eat a, a dead, dry cricket than a dead
2: grub. That's interesting to me because I don't. I disagree. Mm. I think it's. I think it's equally disgusting.
3: Yeah, because you have like legs. A legs. You get your little legs stuck in your teeth. How, little, how, how little frustrating mandibles. would that be? Yeah. <laughs>
2: a leg? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, a squishy grub's like a like a gummy bear. Did you know? Did yeah. You guys,
1: Justin knows this. Is the thing I think we talked about this once. If you're one of the best ways to clean and like a wound that's like getting bad, is yes. to let maggots maggots eat, eat it. They eat the dead skin. They eat the dead the dead necrotic tissue away and mm. clean that shit up real good.
3: Oh, really? I had I a surgeon that.
1: tell me that. I had an old surgeon. This guy was almost is ready this to retire. Like World War One stuff. Yeah, he's like? like he's like if you ever get infected or whatever, you let let maggots eat at the wound; they'll clean that up real good for you. I'm like what? You're yeah, bad, and is
3: it true? Like I, I heard like originally for cuts and things they would use like um glue, like some kind of like. Oh, a, my
2: dad used to do that on the oh, job. Yeah, super glue. Yeah, he'd slice glue. his finger like oh, wide open yes. from like a razor blade, and then like super glue it closed. <laughs> it <laughs> dude. works. I did that one time because I wrapped it with duct tape, tape for the day, and then. That's- <laughs> That's my dad. That was so my, my dad, dad always, <laughs> yeah, dead dead it. Yes, bro, that's exactly <laughs> that what was he... like a saying. Yeah, you know, the old guys.
1: <laughs> my dad, my dad actually used to tell me this when I have a cut he'd be like, "Put your hands in the dry cement; it'll make it stop bleeding." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how those chemicals were in my blood, bro. <laughs> I know. Like, what do you tell me, Dad? Oh, you know how much dude.
3: gasoline I huffed, dude. Oh,
1: wait, why? Because, because he was
2: riding was... the back of the truck. Yeah. No, oh, he's it was
3: open. It was like a pure, just chemical cloud uh that we would go between. That vacation, between that and your CTE. Bro. Yeah, okay. So I want to talk about this. Like I'm concerned, I'm alarmed a little bit. Like I cannot stop like just like totally injuring my head. <laughs> it's cuz your
1: maybe your head's too
3: big. Is it for your too body? big? Is it like I mean, you guys be honest with me here cuz You do have a big head. Yeah. Cuz like okay, so I was putting my trash out and um this is before the party and everything and I have this this little (laughs) shed that slopes down. And so, so the back of it sloped down, I'm putting something right behind it. I'm, you know, down on the ground. And then I go to stand back up and I stand back up and I hit the top of my head right on the two by four, like, like with so much force, it like stunned me. I saw stars. I fell right on the ground. I was like laying on the ground for like five minutes by myself. Now try and come inside and explain what happened with any kind of like, like I was like so out of it, and they're all like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm yeah. like, "Do I have to really explain what just happened?" Oh because my Because I just like hurt myself, bro.
1: Didn't a year ago you fall your you fell off your your snowboard and blast yourself yeah. on the ice? Yeah, That's that right. was like That's near
2: right. Z.
3: That was right before 2020. Okay, so
1: right before you we started wearing a helmet.
3: Everything just went <laughs> to hell. Yeah, right you know what it I is. Had a I'll tell you what the problem is. I'm <laughs> a little late to the helmet game. <laughs> <laughs> by about one day <laughs> oh, man.
1: i'll tell you what the problem Shit. is dude yeah. you're too rough
3: <laughs> you do everything I, you take I, zero I precautions you do
1: everything rough
3: yeah and my my son like i see it completely like the pattern is continuing he's he's his hazard yes yeah, so many times in dude. Everett, yeah. i'm like oh don't and he'll again like he'll, he'll be grabbing a toy and then you know there's the ledge of the counter or something just bam and he's I'm just like the, dude you just got to go slow and gentle and I'm like i'm like literally you don't it's have not that gear, even dude. resonating to me <laughs> so, No. yeah it's so funny.
1: my brother so my brother was like that too when he was little uh, he would climb shit like the most dangerous scary stuff it was like he had no either no fear or no comprehension of fear and so he would always scare the shit out of my mom knocked his teeth out once and yeah. another time i think he was 3 He climbed the, we had my, you know, I grew up in a two story house. He climbed the outside of the stairs and was standing on the outside where the, like the, the banister is. And he couldn't figure out how to get back on the right side. So he's like almost, if he fell, he would have died. And then he's like, mom, mom, after like 10 minutes, she's like, what? She walks over. He's like, I can't get down. She's like, don't move. (laughs) So that's my brother. Right. So now we both have sons now. Oh, I'm the opposite. You guys know me. I'm very cautious. I don't like, I'm not going to do nothing scary, dangerous whatever. Yeah, Unless that involves taking crazy supplement concoctions. I, I usually don't take big risks. And I was like that as a kid too. My son is just like me and his son is just like him. Yeah. So his son will, like if you don't keep an eye on him. You were just telling me he was doing something already. I'm like, damn, he's way younger than Max. Bro. Max wouldn't even do that. He he will climb and jump and you got to keep an eye on his kid. And he's just like my brother. He's such a twin, like super happy, smiles, laughs, just like my brother did. Yeah. Also keep an eye on him because if you keep take your eyes off him for a minute, yeah, he's, he's going to do get some shit. Something. My son, Aurelius, like he won't, He'll, you know how he goes down the stairs. He just started now doing it a little bit better, but he'll literally sit down like five feet away from the stairs and slide till he gets to the stairs. Yeah. So he can slide down. And Jessica's like, "What's he doing?" I'm like, that's my son, dude. He's hella safe. We never have to worry about him yeah. falling down, dude.
2: I feel like Max is that way too. He's super cautious. Like he's, he's not. And which is, I can't remember. I have to. I'll have to ask my mom on how much of a, a risk taker I was at really at a really young age. I know I I was uh, uh, like a late bloomer, so I know like I got into probably stuff like that later. Mm-hmm. He's definitely like that right now, and I'm always as I'm watching him, I'm always trying to think. Okay, what. What are the positives of this And what are the negatives Like how yeah. am I as a dad Like am I What am I, am I gonna have to really encourage And push him to take risk And do things like that Or hold him back Like so And I'm trying Or is he gonna be so different than this And I'm like uh, Like I shouldn't even be paying attention But I feel like You can tell Like you could tell your brother Was gonna be that way At a very young age uh-huh. I mean I feel like You can see it in a kid And you can tell your son Is just like that Everett was just like you You can see the way He does everything You know what's you know? interesting
1: though Is I, I did take big risks With like cars And like other things Things, it mm-hmm. was certain things, so mm-hmm. I don't know how much it carried well, over. See, I evidence. wonder
2: if you were more like me, where we're just kind of like late bloomers. To that like the wrist yeah. stuff came for me like in my teenage years, like as a young oh, that's
1: kid. Bad. Well, that's I know you you're right, but you. I mean, when
2: I think about the the cars and snowboarding yeah, yeah, yeah. and the things it's never that I did. Left. I did a lot of that stuff <laughs> as I got older. It wasn't, it Justin, wasn't. When I was younger. Justin's
1: going to be 80 years old. He's been doing some stupid <laughs> shit Just Break. What are you doing, bro? Get, get off the snowmobile, man. <laughs> bro,
3: I broke my arm twice in the same year, dude. Like, I've done some shit. And, and of course, like, so ever, I've taken him to the hospital at least like four or five times. So, you know, he's already put us through all that, dude. Yeah, I've never had stitches. I've never had a broken bone.
2: The, yeah. the, the gen- I've yeah. had a couple stitches. No broken there. bone. Oh, no you've stitches, torn some ligaments. I've tore yeah. ligaments, yeah. Yeah, which were like, like freak accidents, right? Yeah. I had a guy playing basketball. A guy fell on my knee. That's how I tore my yeah. ACL and MCL. And then I blew the Achilles just running up the court. So my major injuries were not doing crazy wrist stuff. Of- now, I've been knocked out before wakeboarding. So that got me. But
3: I never broke. You never had stitches, huh?
1: No, no stitches, no broken I got ball. stitches once on my head. Yeah, so I, I was trying to do a karate move off the top of the, oh, nice. <laughs> off the, off the bookshelf. Didn't we all <laughs> think we knew karate after watching Karate Kid? Dude, it wasn't just Karate Kid. It was old. Kung Fu movies. Yeah, and Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah, I right.
3: definitely tried to be Bruce Lee when I was a do. kid.
1: Yeah, th- those stupid movies got me in so much trouble because like one time my cousin my cousin and I thought, <clears throat> this was our math. We did this math. It's like, you're eight and I'm eight. That means we could take a 16-year-old together. So we used to do math like that. And then we knew Kung Fu moves because we watched the movies. And we'd go... And yeah. talk shit to older kids. And, oh yeah, uh, causes and you
3: find like the the big oversized gloves and just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, we do all the time. That's bad. All right. <laughs> it, speaking of times.
1: the speaking of the brain, a study came out on pornography's effect on the brain. It actually rewired So all of the characteristics of something that'll the you know addictive substances that model the brain. So drugs tend to model the brain or change the way the brain's wired because of the high dopamine that you get from it and the low uh, you know, the the low amount of work or the little amount of work that you need to do to produce that dopamine. So with a drug, you take a drug, boom, big dopamine <laughs> boost. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to realize now that dopamine isn't necessarily the bad thing. It's the fact that there was no hard work leading up to it. So there's no balance, and it creates this. this Right. So now,
3: are we talking about that in terms of relationships, like how that's affected, or like just the association with sex?
1: Well, I'm gonna pull it up. Just that it's addictive. Is what it's it's addictive, addictive and it rewires the brain to a more juvenile state. So Uh, literally changes the brain so that it looks more like the brain of a of a younger person more, uh, you're more apt to take stupid risks. Mm. You're less logical. You're going to be more impulsive. It's pretty crazy. It yeah. creates sexual dysfunction, uh, marital quality, uh, starts to decline with lots of, uh, with pornography use, but really they're finding now that the hyper stimulating effects of it damage the dopamine reward system. And it leaves it unresponsive to natural sources of pleasure, which is pretty wild. So it's, it's, uh, and, and this is, it, look at uh, the, they're showing that people who consume lots of pornography report greater, greater depressive so, symptoms, lower, <clears throat> lower quality of life, mental health. So question for you guys, cause you both <clears> have, <throat> you have a boy that's
2: a full blown yeah. teenager. And then Justin, you have one entering with Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a conversation? Do you share these studies with them? Do yeah. you guys talk about it? Yeah. How do you talk about it? Like, is it?
1: So the conversation yeah. I've had with, uh, with my kids, because I know that it's going to be impossible for me to prevent them from being to having this kind of exposure. It's just so accessible, it's everywhere. Right. So my conversation well, with my son was exactly that, how it affects the brain, how it changes how your brain responds to arousal, how it'll make it harder for you to become excited and aroused around a real girl, how it distorts your views around sex uh, and relationships. Um, And I think that his generation is actually starting to figure it out because mm-hmm. they're developing like the you know no FAP or you know no FAP November or whatever. That's all internet created. Young men saying I'm gonna avoid pornography because I'm noticing these negative effects myself, which is kind of interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. What about you, Justin? You guys have you guys talked about that had yet? A few, yeah, had a few uh, talks, and and mainly it was like <clears throat> we're starting to realize that he's like in that that frame of mind where um he has that kind of access i think he's just realizing it and like like i know he's like starting to get real interested in girls and like that's you know like he's mentioning things to me and i'm like okay so we gotta have this talk because it is like it's i'm not gonna and and originally i was trying to like screen a lot of what he could have access to and i thought that maybe that's sort of the we could like sort of drip the the introduction of a lot of these things because they do have cool um software out there now that you can kind of monitor afar you can like like describe like so i can i can have it so it allows like swimsuits it allows like you (laughs) know some kind of like a skin uh and or you could do like none of that so like just it doesn't even it'll block certain websites and and access to these things yeah so i was like originally kind of, and I'm like, you know what? Like it's, they're at school, they're friends, like everybody's, it, this is sort of the world we live in. It's just better to teach kind of how to navigate through all that. And yeah. like, and so we are kind of talking our way through um, just like how to, I'm having more conversations with him about girls in terms of like how to approach them, how to have these conversations, like just like get to know them and like, you know, kind of court and date uh, girls because he just, he's still trying to figure that part out yeah and it's like versus now i'm competing with with like half naked girls on instagram now, and all this other stuff
2: now you guys don't even he's not a, is he on instagram yet or no,
3: no? so he you still won't let now when are you going to do that do you know <sighs> um that's a good question because for the most part i'm i'm trying my best to kind of like uh educate him around <clears throat> what kind of detriments surround it i mean is he
2: asking for it on a regular basis yet or
3: no originally he was and he wanted he wanted more um like snapchat oh snapchat yeah we've already talked our way through TikTok, and so he's he's kind of on board with not not doing that one which is good but like there's a couple other ones that are out there that are a little less it's more just like kind of chatting with the friends and, and less on like the pictures and the videos and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea. I mean, he's gonna have act, when it when it becomes. I think maybe when he gets more into high school, that's gonna be more of a thing. It's like a status thing. Like I have my Instagram account and all that, and we'll kind of work our way through that when it presents itself. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like he isn't. He's not super urgent to have it. And I'm like, cool. Dude, yeah.
1: I'm telling you, the the, the research because. This easy ease of access to pornography is relatively recent, and and the studies are just now coming out showing its negative effects. It's wild. It's got classic drug symptoms. Mm-hmm. Classic, like if you use a drug that has addictive properties, you'll find that you need more and more of it to elicit a similar result. Pornography. So these these people who study it are showing that conventional. Pornography is not popular. It's getting more and more violent, more and more extreme. Yeah. In order to capture It's the only way you can go to get that same hit. Get getting capture people's attention. And they're speculating that this may lead to more violence and more and violent sexual encounters hmm. as people find that th- less and less of this is actually giving me what I want. Yeah. Then they go and search for it in the real world. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's, <clears throat> it's a, uh, it is something that I think needs to be discussed because we've never been yeah. encountered with, we've never Did
3: encountered it, anything like this. Didn't they have a similar study about depression with the uh, social media recently? Yeah. Yeah. So that was one that we referred to. I talked about that you know, to kind of present that to Ethan. But yeah, this is another great one. I will definitely have a conversation with him, uh, surrounding that. Cause it's a, it's very much an issue that's going to become like, how are we going to uh, get a hold of this? Yeah. But,
2: you know, as I try and, I try and think about like what I, what I, what I would have done as a teenage boy, if my parents told me I couldn't have Instagram, like, or in, in be on those platforms, like whether I would sneak around create a, a yeah. profile that doesn't have my my face and name on it and my yep I feel like that's what I would do like I would probably get on there still but then sure. I would use a fake name I would use a fake picture my all my homies at school you know and the girls I like to talk to they would know who I am and it would be like our inside secret yo my parents don't let me get on these platforms, and so this is how I I do it. And I think that there's probably, or you have like what Enzo told me about, which is like you have the the front, which so that your, your parents yeah, your parents see. know about, yeah, like your real name, all your stuff, and it's like you never really use it, but it's there. So your parents think, oh, yeah. he's look, he doesn't really do it there. They're monitoring that one. Why they have you a, get your ghost account? You have your yeah. ghost account that you're you're really doing it. I you know I think that. But I think that was all Enzo's generation and what I hope what I hope, I hope you're both right, that like Ethan's generation and Everett's generation and Max and Aurelius, they're them coming up that the the pendulum will swing the other way where they'll become wise, like, hey, you know, yeah, we can have access to all this stuff, but it could lead to this, it could lead to that. So well, maybe they'll titrate themselves. I don't know.
1: You know what there's data on uh, binge drinking. <laughs> so alcohol binge drinking and and kids who um, give themselves alcohol poisoning or have to go to the hospital or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they find that kids that grow up in households where alcohol is severely restricted and demonized are more likely- They'll go in excess. Yes. Versus kids that grow up with like wine in the house and Mm -hmm. oh, I had a little bit here with my dad or not like this big alcoholic issue, but where it's, and they know how to handle it better because they've grown up with it more. So- my approach is is trying to be more like that, where I'm like, okay, here's a deal, here's what's out there, yeah. Here are the pros and cons, and here's why you need to develop some discipline around this kind of stuff, um, because I feel like the other option is impossible. I don't see how you could unless you go move into an Amish, you know. Well, I think that's society. I, mean, I think
2: it goes back to what I think is the general principle, which is just your kids. Uh, it's less about what you say to them and tell them; it's more about what you show them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does dad handle alcohol? How does dad handle social media? How does dad Mm -hmm. do those things? And that's, in my opinion, probably the best way to probably Get them to titrate mm-hmm. themselves because if you, like you said, if you completely restrict or say you can't, and then yet yeah, I have one, right? I have the account, and I say you can't have it, or I say never can you touch alcohol, and yet I drink every day. Like that would be, I, I, w- I could see a kid completely rebelling in both those situations. So I think the the answer is to to show them more that is. Well, to think, say, about, th- e-
1: think, e- think e- about your bad experiences with alcohol. It was all when you were young and you didn't know really had to handle it or what was an appropriate amount or how you would feel or whatever until you get older too much, too fast. Yeah. yeah.
3: You would just, you would consume it and then it man, you would pay for it. But and sometimes you'd learn the lesson from having to pay for it so bad. Sometimes you wouldn't, you just repeat the same mistakes. Uh, but yeah, like to that point, I'm, in terms of me using my phone i'm always like conscious of that i'm like they're watching me they're watching me on like I'm yeah i'm doing work whatever i can justify but they're watching me with the phone and i'm like i'm just modeling this so i have to watch myself right and then also too it's like i want to out compete it so now that you know i've things have kind of slowed down in terms of me helping football or doing these other things like I'm like, let's get out there. Let's ride bikes. Let's let's go. You know, for these um, hikes and and uh, you know, play sports and whatnot. But just do things in the, the world. real world. <laughs> yeah, be here. Like anything we can do to
2: be here. Yeah. yeah. You know, speaking of social media stuff, did I bring up to you guys the whole Mr. Beast thing? And he just he just opened a fund and he raised. Did you see that? No. What's going on? With like a 1.8. Billion dollar valuation. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. So he opened his his own, basically his own fund, right? To fund him. So, and I think he took, I don't know how many, hundred something million. Maybe Doug can fact check me real quick. Uh, You know, Mr. Beast, uh, $1.2 billion valuation or raises money. I'm sure that'll pop up. What was
1: he raising money for?
2: Just to basically fund all the projects and stuff that he wants to do. So he, literally people just gave him money. Yes, at a, at a like I said, a one point something billion dollar yeah. valuation. He know he got offered a billion dollars for his channel and basically laughed laughed him out the door.
3: And I actually heard, I think it was- wow. i think well, Pat, I'm sure it's, yeah, over time, way more.
2: Way, way more. Yeah. I actually heard Patrick but David do a really cool breakdown of it. He's like, he picked his number one video that has gone by like 250 million or something like that. He broke down how much a commercial is for the Super Bowl, which is like a million some yeah. dollars for 30 some seconds for like one million, like I think 100 million views or something is what the Super Bowl gets. So he says, just based off of that math, he goes, that one- that one viral thing is worth like 800 and something like million dollars, something crazy. Wow. He's all, that's one of crazy. one video. Imagine yeah. all his videos. What is it?
4: 150 million dollar uh, investment.
2: Yeah. With. On a what? 1.5 billion dollar. I valuation? believe so. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? Well, I mean, that's the future. So this, media. Is, fu- so this is why, okay. That's yeah. why I bring it up. Is like, this is the future right here. You have somebody who, these are the future media moguls. Yes. I mean the power that he has, and the fact that that there's that many people that are willing to throw that much that that much money at him is is unbelievable. Bro. Have you ever heard him? Ta- he uh, when Joe Rogan interviewed him, mm-hmm. no, I yeah, to that. like he's like super conservative with his money and everything. He mm-hmm. like, doesn't
3: even have a fancy car. Lives in like a regular old track home. Yeah, yeah, just like he just uses the money. A lot of it, he just dumps it right back in these videos and these ideas, and he's just like. It's amazing to me to see what he's created just by really just meticulously going through what makes videos better and like getting feedback and like tweaking things and like he's just the master of his craft.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. That's the future, man. he has changed so much in such a short period of time. We're probably, I mean, how many, how long do you think? it's going to take before less than 10 years old old media is gone Let, less than 10 years you i think
2: yo so? oh, yeah i really think like for example like we're, we're it's around the corner that your big companies like the pepsis and cokes and stuff like that are going to spend less and less money on super bowl commercials and yeah. being in the middle of like the biggest sitcom or whatever that and it's going to be find someone like this and, you know, and, and pay them huge money to represent the company. I think that's going to become as powerful or more powerful than like now let your me ask you this. Michael
1: Jordans or your big athletes. Now, now, let me ask you this, cause you got a guy like Mr. Beast, right? Mm-hmm. And so what are big, what's a big, like Coca-Cola sponsorship, typically 20 million, 30 million. Oh, to get from a brand yeah so let's say Coke sponsors an athlete what's a big
2: well look up look up what what uh a Haynes pays Michael Jordan or look up like something like that will give us an idea of what a, you're trying to figure out what a brand like a brand would pay like a huge yeah, yeah super yeah, yeah.
1: spokesperson
2: yeah so. yeah do do ha- how much does Haynes pay Michael Jordan tell me what what that number is because yeah, I don't know what it, it is. because I could imagine
1: I would imagine probably, that's probably a good guess
2: what is it 480
4: million dollars between 2000 and 2012.
1: So 12 years.
2: So 12 40 years. divided by 12. What is it? it's? I mean, you're, you're right on. Yeah, that's about, about 40 20 million a year. 10, like that? 10 to 20 million a
1: year? No, no, no.
4: More like uh, 40. 40, yeah. 40, 40 million.
1: So, okay. Wow. So now imagine a company going God, to Mr. Mr. Beast and saying, we'll pay you, I don't know, $30 million for a year to advertise with us. Mr. Beast could make way more than that, making his own soda. I'm putting it out. He's already proven stuff like that. So I wonder if I mean it's the
2: same it's the same we we make the same decision with doing sponsorships. We could technically go make, you know, Olipop. We could technically go make the hemp oil. We could te- we could technically go do all that stuff, but at one point when do you recognize that building a business like that is a well, lot no, of work, I, a lot of stress? No, I don't of- think
1: he's going to build it. What I mean is I wonder if it's going to get so competitive that these companies start to pay flat rate plus a percentage or plus so, because it's going to be very competitive, and these guys convert at way more at way higher rates. Well, than- I imagine he'll do
2: what we're doing. I, I mean, I, I don't know too many people that are doing what we're doing. Where now, when we partner with a company, we actually invest in the company. Where someone like him, it would be smart to get like. So let's say something. We have we have ten companies right now that we're we that we're sponsored by, and we also are investors in the company, right? I, you got to think that, that those companies in the future would go to him and be like, we we actually put capital into mm-hmm, these companies, yeah. right? We had to put our money in there. We're not quite Mr. Beast type of right. power, but someone of his power, it'd be worth for me to give him shares. Like, dude, I've got this company. I'm on sure. my second round of funding. Totally, we got this valuation. I'm going to name the whole brand after yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, and... I'm going to give you 5% of my company. Totally. Just
1: co-sign it. That's what I mean. That, I wonder it, if it's going to start to change oh, like yeah. that. yeah. The, oh, yeah. Because these guys- of companies offering them that. Because these, quote unquote- New, new media influencers, or whatever. they have way higher conversion rates than the old school media people because they have their own networks, their own channels. They have their own. Well, to- there's
2: nothing more powerful than a, um, a referral to a business than a friend. That's the most trusted right. source, better than any advertising you can do. When you own these platforms, when you have a podcast, when you have a YouTube channel, you build a relationship with your audience. Yeah, exactly. So it is the same thing as, like, you know, you telling your best friend, like, dude, go check out this burger joint. It's the shit. And so if you build. A loyal audience, and you ha- and you build trust with your people. Then, when you point in the direction of a brand, that's it's what like, I mean. Like a I, no think, I think, I think Mr.
1: Beast could sell more like Haynes than Michael Jordan, perhaps, because he's got his own. audience. Oh, I I one hundred percent agree with that. So that's what I mean. I, I bet you the future is going to look quite interesting with, with oh, this kind of. Oh
2: yeah, it, I mean to me, this is just showing the. This is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, this mm-hmm. is the, exactly where this is heading, and he's the first massive one that's going to get it's like crazy. i mean he's going to be a he's he's going to be a billionaire before you know it and that's to think that this dude turned himself into a billionaire yeah, when did through, he first
1: start posting on social media on youtube and 10 stuff plus like years
2: that. andrew you probably have the best guess yeah he's like in high
1: school okay
2: so over 10 years
1: now yeah he's like 20. 20. wow okay yeah, yeah i think he's barely. Is he but, just I don't, but i don't think i mean the majority of the money started happening last five years wasn't uh, like he was crushing that whole time. Uh,
2: that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, he's it's just come in compounding, right? Yeah. I mean, now he has... How many channels does he have? Yeah, because he'll
3: get like million-dollar budgets for some of these videos that he'll make, like the one that he did for... Uh, what was that big one that was the show that was like super popular where... Um, it was like a game. Like, oh, yeah. Squid Game, Squid Game. Yeah, yeah, that was one of his biggest ones. That was one of the big ones. Yeah, he talked about just how much money went into production. Yeah. I was like,
1: Whoa. Well, speaking of social media, people and influence stuff like this. This is this is uh, you, you were on point with this, Adam. So Jake Paul, right? He beat Anderson Silva unanimously. Yeah. Now forget the fact that Anderson Silva's forty-seven. Whatever, he's a legit fighter. Jake Paul could very well become one of the highest-paid boxers of all time. I mean, this kind of stuff. I, he's got to be so already promoted. creeping
2: up there, isn't he? I mean, I don't know. That's what, crazy. Yeah. I, God, imagine. This is crazy. I mean, I mean, I'm all for. it. He's because, not a boxer because you know I mean? think I think no. it's really interesting to see it's getting all shaken up, right? Like, I'm not against somebody like, like forcing him not to. People pay. They choose to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but God, it would be that would just crush me if I was a professional fighter. I know. You know what I'm saying? I've been – since I was a kid, like, grinding in the gym and, like, trying to get good at my craft and, like, mm. you know, taking knockout after knockout to climb the ladder the hard way, and then you see this dude who – now – Obviously, none of that would have been possible had he not built the network yeah. that he has. And and no one would good. give a shit if he was a nobody. Yeah, you and know? he's
1: training for reals and he's fighting for reals. So, you know, but, but I mean, I see,
2: I see it happening all over now. I mean, I see uh, people in our space, fitness space, uh, fighting each other. And that's like the new way to network is find somebody else who's got a massive following i mean that's how uh his brother in ksi did it originally you know they he's a huge youtuber in uh i think london or somewhere like that right and and he decided that he has millions of followers wow. the paul brothers have millions of followers hey let's fight each other you're like because a good portion of your audience doesn't know me and i don't they then mine don't know yours and so instantly they cross over two to four million people and then like double their growth right away i mean that's kind of like the thing now i feel like you're seeing that in a lot of spaces is now, what do you just do call call someone call someone out and fight them. Well, I mean,
1: what do you do if you're a boxing promoter or like Dana White and you see this? Cuz it's money. But Dana White's a bit of a purist, right? He likes to fight sport whatever, but at some point this gets loud enough to where he's going to have to consider I think, know, doing no, something like this. Yeah, Not really. I, I think, I
2: think both will both It's still exist. a bit of a There's, circus. It is. Okay, so- Well, both, I mean, remember-, remember or, or, I mean, it's a popular Remember circus, MMA
1: but... in, in Japan, Pride, which used yeah. to beat the shit out of UFC back in the day. Pride had the had an element of this. Yeah. So there wasn't like all the fights, but every once in a while they'd throw in a fight that was kind of like- Weird, Yeah, and it's yeah like but a okay, set, let's let's speculate three. on how
2: this unfolds. I think, and I did think this was going to happen, but I also think that it's going to get oversaturated. I think we're watching that happen right now. Everybody it's going to lose its
3: novelty. It
2: time. is going to lose its novelty. And when most people look back and like, oh, I watched 20 of these influencer fights and 19 of them were absolutely trash and one of them right. I caught like a cool knockout, mm-hmm. you're going to start going like, okay, I'm going to stop wasting my money right. on some of this shit. And it doesn't mean that there still won't be certain people... That do like and what the other thing that Jake Paul is good about is like he's great at talking shit and caught like making you like you yeah. wanna see he plays the heel really. Which has well. been
1: a part of the fight game for a long time.
2: Right. He plays the heel really well. And so half the people are paying just to see his ass get kick kicked. And he keeps winning, so it's brilliant. So everyone's just yeah. like, oh, this is gonna be the one. This is gonna be the one. He I gets mean, his it's ass pretty kicked. much
3: a bridge between uh the like wrestling, professional wrestling and like yeah. regular, you know, professional sports. So yeah. it's like it's interesting because you're, you're, you're never going to see the WWE go away. People like are into that. They're into the the narrative behind it. Like, who's doing what? They're more into the story of what's going on versus the actual matches. Oh, always Bro, that's, been that way. That's a, that's a
2: good example, Justin. I actually think that's exactly how this, they're going to coexist. Yeah. You're going to have people that are purists, that care about the fight game, that care about the sport, that are going to continue to watch it they're going to be totally that's a ingresso. good point
1: because I this, remember,
2: this is going to be like the WWE of of boxing
1: I yeah. agree I actually think it's a great I think that's a great speculation because I remember which when, by the way the WWE is a
2: massive industry and I, I remember
1: huge bigger, yeah. huge yeah. money and I remember when when there was a period there where it was like a secret not really a secret it was like an open secret that it was scripted the fights were scripted oh uh, yeah and then it came out and it became a thing and it didn't hurt them at all no, at no. all
3: no, yeah No, because no, like they're uh, like keep going yeah you know yeah yeah, so, yeah.
1: yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a good speculation. So you probably will see, but, yeah. uh, you know, two things. Hey, look, you're not what you eat. You're what you digest. And did you know that as you age, your body produces less digestive enzymes? This might be why foods you enjoyed in the past are now difficult to digest. And if you're an athlete or somebody interested in building muscle, burning body fat, your high protein diet sometimes can be hard to digest. And sometimes all you need is just more digestive enzymes. Well, there's a company we work with that makes a product called Mass Zymes. And these are digestive enzymes for athletes and people trying to build muscle and burn body fat. Just take a couple with each meal and get better digestion, less inflammation, and better assimilation of all those nutrients that you need from food to help you with your fitness goals. Go check this company out. Go to MassZymes.com. That's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S.com forward slash Mind Pump. Then use the code Mind Pump 10 for 10% off any order. All right, here comes the rest of the show.
4: First question is from Matto Sibley. When bulking, does the total amount of calories consumed matter more than the grams
1: of protein? Oh, I hate these questions. Yeah, because they're equally important. But It depends. Okay, so if you're eating... Protein is essential, meaning you have to have a certain amount in order to just thrive and survive. So if you're eating you know, adequate protein, um, then calories are actually more important. Because you could have a high-protein diet, but your calories be too low. And you're not going to build any muscle. You could also eat a low protein diet so long as protein is adequate, have high, calories be high and build muscle. Now, you're not going to build as much muscle as somebody who eats uh, high enough calories plus high protein. That's ideal. The part that makes this
2: question hard to answer is, is adequate. And, yeah. and, and what is adequate for you? Like if I ate- Individual variants. If right. I ate 40 grams of protein a day and try to build muscle on that, even in a calorie surplus, I'm not building muscle. 40 grams of protein a day is not enough to support that for me, even in a caloric surplus. Now, if I ate somewhere like around 130, which is still not ideal, which is not still towards the upper limit or where where I, I get the most muscle from it, I could probably build some muscle on that so long as I'm in a calorie surplus. So it's like, how does someone judge what's adequate for them?
1: Well, you know, so this is an argument vegans make all the time. So they'll show like... Yeah, that's not as much as needed as necessary. Right. It's still needed. It is needed because it's essential. But they'll say something like, you know, (laughs) I eat 50 grams or 60 grams of protein a day and I've built, you know, so much muscle. So essential protein is what I'm talking about. Like enough to cover your basics. And in that case, calories are more important. If you don't get the essential protein, you can eat all the calories you want. If you're not getting enough of the essential amino acids you eat from food, yeah. you're not going to survive. Forget it. Forget building muscle. You won't survive. You, survive you won't survive. Yet. Right. But if somebody's eating in a bulk, they're probably getting enough protein. Usually not always, but usually. So, you know, when you're, when in that particular context, you know, enough protein versus, you know, enough protein and high calorie versus high protein, but not enough calorie. Well, not enough calories just means you don't have enough energy. So you could eat, you know, 200 grams of protein a day, but if your calories are too low, uh, nothing's gonna happen. Your body's not gonna build any muscle um, because your calories are true. Have you
2: guys have you guys ever witnessed like a, a very wide range of how people respond this way? Meaning like I've seen I've seen clients that uh, eat very low protein or moderate protein, but you like build muscle, they respond. Their, their diet isn't even yeah. that great. They're just yeah. slightly in a surplus of calories, hitting weights, and the body just boop, 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 yeah. looks like it packs on muscle. Then I've seen other people that could be like dialed in and it's like slow, gradual, build a little bit of muscle, fresh plateau, hard forever, Mm -hmm. take five steps back. If they miss two days, two days of not hitting their protein intake and calorie intake, and then they go back the other direction. Like So I, I also think there's this massive variance of like how people respond to weightlifting too. And so my answer, if this was a client of mine, is like, don't miss either one. Right. Yeah. If you really if the yeah, goal is you want to build muscle and that's a major focus, and let's say you're being you're having a hard time and your and your question to me is oh you know which one's more important well they're both really important to you because you're you're struggling with building muscle and we haven't been able to consistently do that if you are missing your protein intake uh, then and, and you're not seeing results but you're in a calorie surplus well then maybe you're one of those people that got to have a higher protein intake to see the response that you need to see so the, yeah, my- and
1: also this the other part that's obvious is that protein has calories too so i haven't hit my pro my calorie targets and i haven't hit my protein targets what should I go for first? Well, both because protein also has calories. So if you go out and get the protein, you'll get more calories as well. Um, and in that case, I would say if, if your calories are low and you need more protein, then get it from whole natural sources uh, like fatty meat. You're gonna get the protein, plus you're gonna get a lot of extra calories from the fats. It'll help you hit both of them. Um, so the reason why I don't like a question like this is because it's, uh, you, know, you know when this happens, this happens when I would work with someone, let's say I'm working with a woman, And the goal protein intake for her is 120 grams. And she's at 100. But her calories are high enough to where she's in surplus. And she says, should I eat the extra protein? And I say, well, we don't want to gain too much extra body fat. Your your surplus is already pretty high. Let's keep it where you're at. Like, that's where I can see the the conversation become a thing.
2: Okay, so- Agreed, but I would also go back and I would critique what yeah. she ate for the of day. Of course. Next time yeah. So exactly. Really yes. So for first. the day, I'd be like, yeah, so you're that's a that's a great example yeah. to bring up, Sal, because I have been faced with that exact question from a client of mine and I've said, no, 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 don't eat anymore. We're yes. fine. But let me look at your day and then I go like, see where you had this and this? You should have ate this exactly. instead. And I, I, will, I will steer her into yeah. making a more protein-dense choices for the day versus carb-heavy, which she ended up doing because that's what put her over the calories. Totally. And said, hey, it's not one day this low, not a big deal, but we want to consistently target that. So that's a very good point. And in that, in that context, I would not go, oh, just eat more protein Mm because you need it too, because you've already gone over on the surplus of calories. But I will say, I would go, okay, well then we need to rethink what you're choosing to eat all day because you're going over your calories, but you're not able to hit your protein intake. And we want to be able to do that.
4: Next question is from preacher man, Joe. Can you use Zercher squats to build muscle or is it a performance component in maps performance?
1: Oh. Zercher squats are one of those exercises. It's underutilized mm-hmm. because it's hard. It takes time to learn. It's uncomfortable it's at uncomfortable. first. Especially at first, right? And it doesn't have a current history in like hypertrophy training or bodybuilding training. If you see someone doing a Zercher squat, they're probably a strong man, yeah. maybe a power lifter. Maybe a functional, functional kind of person. guru or something, but yeah. zercher squats are great muscle builders. They work the posterior chain very well because of the placement of the of the bar, and it, for, it makes you lean forward a little bit, and they really develop the it develops the upper back because it creates this upper back scapula rounding lifting position mm-hmm. where your scapula is somewhat rolled forward, so not a rounded back like your low back is rounded, but rather rather than your shoulder blades being pinned back, they're kind of rolled forward. It's called rounded back lifting. And it's going to develop the muscles in a different way or, or, or provide a different stimulus. So I notice when I do zercher squats, I build my arms and my upper back and my hips really well from doing yeah. them when I practice them on a regular basis. Well, these, they're asking if they
3: get any hypertrophy benefit from yeah, or it. Or right? is it just performance? Yeah these, yeah, these annoy me because it's like... <laughs> You're you're in it for for getting strong. Like let all that happen on its own. Yeah, yeah. Like what, why does everything have to be about like how it pumps your muscles up? <laughs>
2: hey. <These are> shit. <laughs> Some of us care how we look, bro. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Back the fuck
3: up. You can do Back that up. with no. the other ones no. that promote that. That's like this right. is f- to build strength, and it, it 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 definitely fits within like an area you wouldn't um you wouldn't you know be very focused on otherwise, and having that sort of uh, placement of load. To to where it does translate a lot towards most things you're going to pick up. You're going to be in this kind of rounded back yes. position uh, with any kind of a heavy um, bucket, a heavy sandbag, a heavy whatever it is that's like right in front of you that you need to you know, pick up from point A to point B. So um, it's it's going to make you overall stronger, which is then something you could build upon uh, from there. But like to to just really focus it into hypertrophy, I think it's just stupid.
2: Yeah. I mean it's. I mean, you will, though. One of the biggest variables that you can manipulate in order to stimulate muscle growth is novelty. Yeah. And that is a very novel exercise. It feels very unique. Yeah, pick an exercise that's similar to a There just lot. isn't. Think, yeah. You know, so um, you will build muscle. You you will have hypertrophy from it. it just, what ha- This is what happens with the camps of you know, the hypertrophy guys, you guys that have hypertrophy in their, your Instagram name or whatever. And they talk all about muscle building, pumping, and then they compare right. exercise we'll
3: shit about sleds or talk capitalism. shit about deadlifting. Like deadlifting yeah, is not a great exercise muscle. for like...
2: back hypertrophy. Like get the fuck out it of here rocks, with that. Are you kidding yeah. me? Some of the best backs I've ever seen are guys that could deadlift serious weight. So no, I mean, they, it absolutely will do that. And then on top of that, um, I, I really liked them because uh, it was something that was introduced to me way later in my, my lifting career. It's probably the closest thing to me that uh, emulates me picking up a couch, you know, or something heavy up off the ground. You keep it close to your body. Yeah. You you kind of round it forward Uh like that. Like that, that is more like that movement. Than a, back, a barbell back squat, which I love too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I find that exercise, you know, you get really strong and tough doing that. Watch how that carries over into other things that you do in your life. So, but yeah, absolutely. You can build muscle with zercher Squats. Yeah,
1: I got gains from it. And I, I did them regularly uh, for a little while there because they're in Map Strong. Mm-hmm. So because it's one of the, it's one of the, it's programmed in Map Strong. And I got like back and glute. I could feel my back and my glutes building from it. It's actually a great, a lot of people don't know this it's a decent glute exercise um i I, in fact it's surprising that more women don't do it i think it's because it's kind of like relegated to that functional it's uncomfortable
3: too i mean in the crook of your elbow and all that well but there's a way to do it so i just always like really hard things it just makes me feel like i'm you know i have to struggle there's a lot more struggle with Mm -hmm. an exercise like that than just you know the the comfort of something nice like sitting on your back
2: well to piggyback off what you just said, Sal, it's, it's physics. It's because you have the barbell pull. like normally the barbell will be here on your back it's your barbell is over here so it's wanting to tip you forward yeah, this you way when glutes. you slide the hips back in, mm-hmm. into a squat it's the glutes that move the hips forward to lift you up and so literally the the barbell is opposing the, the, the glutes so I I do think it's a great uh, glute developer and, and like one of those hidden secrets as far as like training that for that reason and I I just to not do an exercise because you think there's an uh, there's, you know I'm going to Say this too.
1: Yes, it is uncomfortable and the crook in the in the crook of your elbow. But barbell squats, when they weren't popular, one of the biggest complaints people would make is it hurts my back and my mm-hmm. neck. Yeah. It's because you have to learn how to place the bar. Now yeah. people who There's squat a, a lot, curve, sure. yeah, like I could put 600 pounds. I can't even squat 600, but I could rest it on my back quite comfortably because I know how to position it. When you practice a Zercher squat, it takes some time to figure out how to really position your arms, hold them in position, and it not hurt your elbow. So yeah. it's an exercise that takes practice. It's uncomfortable at first, just like a back squat was probably for your back when you first started. I mean,
3: I can, yeah, I mean, I get the same thing with kettlebells and pressing, like just yes. with the weight on the back of the arm, like yeah, it bruise me, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I, it's so annoying. Just fucking tough it out. <laughs> just <laughs> Next
4: question is from Luca Curran. Do you think people can lift more weight if they don't know how heavy the weight is? Does knowing a certain weight is heavy make you perform better or worse? Didn't you,
2: bring, didn't you bring that story up? This there was real a, st- there's there's a real, real story where a, a guy put more than his max on for an event, right? Someone, an Olympic
1: lifter. Maybe Doug can find it. Uh, where they and it's been. This has happened in powerlifting too, where they'll misload a bar or put more on that the lifter knows and they'll think that they hit the world record or got close to it, but they actually broke it. Mm. There's some science behind this. Now, I would surmise that this could go this both is kilograms ways. with me. Kilo- oh, that's, that's why I left with kilograms, because it's like, you'll do more. Because you can't it, do the math? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, nobody want to do it. Justin's like, that's too much math for me. <laughs> it, looks <laughs> it looks like, like, it looks like, like, like less. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> you know, know, the, the number. Put some green and red ones <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, the, the green, the red, the blue. <laughs> you know, but I, I would surmise this could potentially go both ways. Like, I... I, oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah, cuz I tend to yeah. I tend to not be heavier weights tend to jazz me up more than make me feel intimidated. I'm trying to think what mm. exercise there are some exercises. No, I, I agree with that. So
2: yeah. I, I actually used to do this a lot um, with like female clients of mine that didn't want to like really lift heavy. I'd say, you stop worrying about the weight. Let me worry about the weight. I did. This I know all how the strong. Time. I know how strong you are and stuff like yes. that. Because if I if I t- they saw I or told them I'm putting on 50 more yeah. pounds this week, they'd be like, oh, don't do that. Yeah, Whereas it's like I a said psychological. Yeah, barrier yeah don't there. worry about. it. It's my job to worry about the weight. You just focus on what I've taught you form wise. I used to cover the dumbbells. Yeah, I tell them. I would tell I them afterwards, and I'd be like, you know that you know what you just did, and they'd be like, what? What we do? And I'd be like. I, we just increased our weight
1: by 25%. I pounds used to size. do that all the time. And they the would time. like, what? I'm yeah. like, yes. All the time. You're getting stronger. In fact, on selectorized equipment, it was easy because I'd move the, the pin in the yeah, stack yeah. and they wouldn't know. And they'd yeah. lift it and I'd say, guess how much you just lifted? Yeah. You yeah. know, 90 pounds? No, You know, 30 pounds. Yeah. No, this 100% can, can be an issue. And it's even been shown to be something that advanced athletes uh, could take advantage of. The problem with this is how do you take advantage of this? Because you know what you're putting on the bar. <laughs> yeah. And also... You also know if you're trying to get tricked. Like, hey, don't tell me. Put some weight yeah. on the bar. <laughs> and also, like a coach, this could also go wrong. Like, Justin's like, I'm about to hit a five-pound PR. And Adam and I are like, we're going to make him lift 15 pounds <laughs> Little does he do. Yeah, and then he hurts himself. His, his arms are going to rip re- off. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and Justin tore, tears his pack. And we're like, yeah. hey, we got something to tell you, bro. Yeah, that <laughs> you can happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah, We were trying to help you out. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Doug, did you find any of the... I did not. Okay. Yeah. No. I
2: know it's a story I've heard before, too. And I mean... A classic example is what we just said with our clients. I used to do that all the time. Yep. It, it was definitely a great strategy. But th- I mean, that's where I don't know how you would do it to yourself. And I don't know mm-hmm. how beneficial it would be to uh, go into really, really heavy lifts and to not know what you're what mm-hmm. you're getting of the I've bar. I've done
1: this to myself purposely. Well, I'll, I'll load the bar and I'll just throw in weights on and then I'll not add the weight and just add weight until I feel like I can't lift anymore. And then I'll add the weight afterwards. Well, uh, there's definitely
3: like a, like a mentality going in because I could see what you mean in terms of like it being heavier than you expected. And then that all of a sudden, like, you know, sparking this, oh no, like panic. Yeah. And then you're not as apt to do it versus like, I see that weight and I'm getting, I'm charging myself up to, to hit that weight. Next question is from
4: CMOS23. If you couldn't be in the fitness space, what would all of you be
2: doing? Mm. what would you guys should we speculate doing? on each other instead of ourselves we did yeah, this maybe once we a long should. time ago uh,
1: it, was it was stupid I know. Was go, bus driver and some weird shit yeah. like that it was like not <laughs> real stuff bouncer
3: and a, a teacher
1: yeah you know, i could tell you i know what i would do if i if i wasn't i definitely wouldn't be in tech i wouldn't work at a desk i just i've tried that before and it just drives me crazy yeah i would be i would be a teacher of some sort either professor or teacher i see that I, I feel like that's close enough to what I do. Mm -hmm. And I like working with, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind working with kids, not young kids, more like probably at least teenage years and up. And I'd teach a subject that I really enjoyed and I think that would be fulfilling. But I can't see myself doing really anything else like oh it'd be really hard to work i mean you say that but we all know that if if put in
2: the position where you had had to to, you would you totally would if it came down to survival or you know taking care of your family you would do whatever it takes yeah yeah, yeah. i would um you know what's funny is i this is probably a different answer today than if i had thought about this question maybe five or ten years ago um i would i would sell luxury homes Hmm. I would sell high-end you know 15 20 million plus uh homes so I'd get into real estate and then work my mm-hmm. way into the, the luxury homes and sell high-end homes there's some good rips in yeah that.
1: that'd be a, well is that why or because you also enjoy you enjoy it well yeah way. that's why yeah. I enjoy
2: it. I, I mean I, I enjoy uh doing the real estate side of the house anyways and so it's already something I like doing that's why I mean okay I think no matter what we all left when we did the smart thing to do is to move into another space that you enjoy. I mean, that's still the for, the for, the formula for success is to find something that you would damn near do for free, mm-hmm. right? So uh, obviously, we found that within this, we love, we absolutely love doing this. Then we made a business out of it. I mean, I already, I mean, I'm on Zillow and Redfin every single night, anyways, because that stuff interests me. I'm reading those articles all the time, yeah. so it ma- it makes natural sense for me to go in that in, in that right. area because I already like it, and, right? Yeah. And then, yeah,
3: the fact that I can make good money doing it too is a, a bonus. Yeah, I probably find myself like getting more involved in like learning film and um, music in some sort of both together in a combo. Oh, so you'd be broke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so
3: that's why I'm here. Hey,
1: it's not that, <laughs> Hey, it's not that much worse than the fitness industry. We all pick. <laughs> that's true. That's true. One of the hardest. <laughs> well, I've never really
3: cared about like being the gajillionaire or anything like that. Like yeah. I just want to do what, what I'm like passionate about. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind being broke. That's the thing, but it's better not being broke yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I'm not going to sit here and complain, uh, but, uh, yeah, like I, I just want to like get what gets me up and when, where I have an opportunity to create, even if it's consulting and, and doing creative projects, I guess, creative projects, I would say, I don't even know if that is a category, yeah. but <laughs> I'm going to put
2: it out there. Justin would do a job that
3: doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: you guys want me? Here. I have a
1: degree in creative projects. I, you know, what's funny is if it were now, if money were something that were really like, you have to make a certain amount of money. Then my my answer may actually change because oh yeah uh, teacher
2: yeah you know it would be tough I mean so that so that that would change this I would think okay so fast forward five years from now mind pump has stayed on this trajectory right so five more years of this trajectory. You've established a certain lifestyle for yourself and now it implodes. We make zero dollars from this business. We have no, let's pretend we don't have investments with passive income. You got to go out and go rebuild or do something different again. You ain't going to be a teacher. Well, you know, we ain't going to go fucking painting. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) never
1: said painting. Make happy (laughs) trees. Actually, you know what though? I could do teaching, just not in the traditional sense, right? Do you yeah. go back oh, to yeah. new media, well, or yeah, you could go
2: YouTube and be like teaching exactly. online. Exactly. No, I could, I could see. So that's a good day. I think that's a good end. Doug. What would you do?
4: Uh, I'm kind of with Justin. You know, I'd be a photographer.
2: Oh, you'd be broke too. I'd be We'd broke. Be broke. Too. You guys, <laughs> guys, guys could be broke monies. together.
4: Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll start a business together called Creative
3: Things. Creative.
2: <laughs>
1: hey, maybe together hey. you guys would actually and I'll people sell like it together. It. I'll, I could sell and educate your yeah. your product. <laughs> yeah. and the there audience. we go. And Adam can sell houses to support us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Sell houses so The, house. the band's back so together. I get to support all your bullshit. You guys do it. Because You believe in it. You believe in the product. I like I, this. Yeah, I, you know, if I had to just make money, that it would works. be it would be sales of some sort. But God, it would be so hard. It's so hard for me to sell something I don't really love. I tried doing that with investments. It was torture. No, yeah. it was. And I mean, the banking investment industry, dude. you can make a lot of money selling their. That's really. Products. I mean, that's an. To me, that's like the
2: extreme. Like uh, it was just boring. Yeah, dude. boring type of sales. Oh, like there's stuff in between that thanks. I think you would like. I mean, imagine how fun it would be to sell like luxury yachts. That would be fucking cool. I mean, maybe. No? Maybe. For you. Uh, yeah, definitely. You right. would love that. Yeah, I would totally love that. I mean, I can
1: think of a lot of things I could sell that I would enjoy. <laughs> luxury <so>. yachts. <laughs> luxury <laughs> yeah. yachts. Hold on a second. I got to go take these people. Hey. I got to take these people out on this Not yacht. regular yachts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, regular yachts? No, no, no. no. I, I only have, have the luxury yachts. <laughs> it's got to be a million and it's above. It's like a Ferrari. Yeah, on the of water. Yeah. I don't think there are. Can you even buy a yacht for less than a million? Uh, like you get like little mini ones
2: and used ones that are underneath that yeah Okay. yeah yeah, yeah. no I had a, I had a girlfriend's uh, her her dad bought like a small smaller version I think he paid a half million for it really his, yeah yeah have this.
1: you guys seen uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's yacht you ever seen his uh, I'm only interested in his yacht because he's always preaching to everybody about how yeah, yeah. you need to stop spewing stuff into the air right, yeah. save the earth yeah, and it's whatever. like it, is it, is it, is it like burns up enough carbon, carbon for like 500 people, or for what? people or what? bro his yacht literally is like I think it produces more carbon than like <laughs> like, than like a thousand people would do in a year yeah He's up I'm there sure. with one of the most
2: expensive
3: yachts, isn't he? Yeah, I know maybe him, him,
2: Tiger him. Woods. Who's got some? Jeff Bezos. Who's got some of the biggest I know, monster I mean, yachts? Conor
3: McGregor has a crazy one, right? He's no, got he Lambo? has the
2: Lamborghini boat. Oh, the boat. Yeah, okay. which is like a, I think it was like a multi-million-dollar, you know, jet boat. You know, it's like I crazy. So
1: I feel like a yacht is the ultimate like survival vehicle. Like shit goes down, zombies are everywhere. Get on the boat. Just We're gonna float the in the ocean real quick from now on. Let everybody. Kill Would it be themselves?
2: safer in the ocean or up in the air? Well, you can't fly forever. I'm going really? to
3: Mars, dude. <laughs> no, oh, don't, to they, right. don't they
2: already have like planes that are big gas tankers and some like of that that are always flying around? Do you...
1: I don't think they have nuclear powered No, they're not nuclear
2: powered, but they, I mean, I think they are they have big tanker planes that, that you, well, like the jet pulls up and fills up. Yeah, no. but you
1: have to have that too, then. You have to have people come and fill yeah, you up all the time. That's, far, that's You That's know what I mean. So, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Look, so, if you like Mind Pump, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out some of our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at Mind Pump Justin. Adam is on Instagram at Mind Pump Adam. And I am on the newly free Twitter at Mind Pump Sal.
0: <laughs> newly free. Newly free. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB super bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.